0: are four things you need to know up front one while we are talking to you we're not talking about you your specific situation may not apply to our general podcast analysis two the info we're using came from sources we think are reliable but their accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed not even by the companies issuing the data. Three, you cannot rely on the past results of any investment for future performance. The past is never exactly repeated, so past results can never predict future performance with any reliability. Four, there are many kinds of risk in any investment, no matter what may or may not be guaranteed. Look closely and consult your investment, legal, and tax advisors for deeper one-on-one discussion and analysis.
1: Welcome to our podcast series, Life Unlocked Partners. We're talking about accountability and happiness, and I've misspelled happiness with a Y today. Why would I do that?
2: That movie with Will Smith? (laughs) Yeah,
1: Will Smith's Pursuit of Happiness. Uh, Just a very quick recap. It's about a guy who uh, starts off as an entrepreneur. He fails badly finds his superpower, decides to harness and use that to rebuild and pivot his life. It's a true story, and it's a good one. Uh, and, And in there, he does it by being accountable to himself and to his role as being a father. That's what sort of drives him to go through everything. And I was thinking about how accountability is really necessary for entrepreneurship. And just at least since you're joining us for the first time, our perspective is that professional athletes are entrepreneurs just like us, because you got to dedicate, you got to bet it all, and hope that you come out on the other side.
3: Yeah, uh, see, absolutely, I, that's a, it's a good yeah. perspective to have.
1: Well, it, it, it's, um, it's kind of what drives the way we look at things, because the one thing we know that's going to happen if you're an entrepreneur, or an athlete, is your career's going to change? So everything we talk about is about managing toward that. But if you're going to bet it all on you, one of the reasons we talk about accountability is that you have to be honest with yourself. In the same way, Will Smith's character had to be honest with himself when his medical scanner idea wasn't selling and he was his family was falling apart. You've got to figure out what's working and work it, what's not working, and and cut it. Uh, the other thing that I, that accountability reminds me of uh is that in the world of advanced analytics we can't get away from the fundamentals connor you were sharing with me yesterday what your spin rate was uh the other night in in the pirates game and how great that was and that's great i love the cool advanced analytics i love playing with them in finance but if your fundamentals aren't there and if you're not accountable to those what happens if you're just chasing the analytics
4: I just don't think it's applicable if you don't have the like foundation fundamentals to make adjustments or understand how to like what to do with your analytics.
1: Yeah. Or let's say you were just chasing one analytic. You might get your fundamentals completely out of whack just to chase the analytic the same way. Sometimes in investments, we're chasing one thing and we, we get so involved in it that we miss the bigger picture of what's going on. And that's what I mean by being accountable back to, the 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 fundamentals are, are are accountable back to ourselves in our financial life. Now let me hit you with something that I think is really, really it, it makes me just kind of wonder a little bit. Most people think of buying a house as the biggest investment they'll ever have. Now it's Probably not going to be these days uh, because your investment portfolio that you're building is more likely to be a bigger number at some point and maybe very close when you're starting out. Yet, how much attention do people pay to their house where they live? How accountable are they, to their, are they to their home and its needs? They usually take care of the repairs. You don't see a lot of lawsuits over the price they, they sold sold it at or the price they paid for it all. They're able to figure out what's fair, how it's working, and they're getting constant feedback. And yet, how many times do you hear in the press about people having to sue their investment advisor? Do you hear about it more often?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Investment advisors, CFBs, they're certified financial planners, a lot. But I think, is it proximity, Mark?
1: Well, I think that's part of it is, and part of it's the way the game's set up for you too. think about it, your house, where you live, it's in your face every day. Is your investment portfolio in your face every day? If you're not being accountable to what's happening and is the industry trying to make, and is the industry trying to make you accountable? Are they trying to put it in front of your face every day if you want it? Or are they just sort of sending it to you every now and then and hope you look at it? Um, I'm not sure. Well, usually the, the rhythm is, is you get like a quarterly report um my point is even if it was a monthly report you don't have to look at it a lot of people kind of throw it away and all i'm really saying is why wouldn't you pay at least as much attention for for from the perspective of accountability to that as you would your home after all they are equally important to you and if you're going to change your career at some point if you don't have a cash flow and a cushion to make that career change you know you end up sort of in the Will Smith problem in in, in the pursuit of happiness, which is I'm busted, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm and, and all of this comes all of this comes from my decades of being a chief financial officer. Now, as a chief financial officer in a company, I basically have two roles. One is, is I'm an information clearinghouse. Every number comes into my department. My department processes and pushes out every number. I see everything. So I'm an information processing center. I've got to be able to report well. The other thing I am, not by choice, but you're thrust into it, is I'm also law enforcement. I've got to find where things are cheating. Where are the gaps? And only through accountability do you find that out. So for example, when I set up an accounting department, I never have the same person do accounts payable and accounts receivable because that's a huge gap that I could drive a truck through and loot the company. I could completely embezzle. So anytime you can segregate out duties and agree roles and rules, you're creating what I call an accountability matrix. So, for example, um, do you think it's a good idea to have one person manage all of your money and you don't know a lot about it? What What are the risks in that world?
4: Getting jacked. Um. <laughs>
1: But, but why, why would you get jacked? What have you opened up in that world?
4: Well, you just opened up your, uh, uh humans aren't necessarily the most high integrity people all the time. So I, you, I, you I, I, open I, I, up the, the, the box of, I don't know what's going oh. wrong with this portfolio. You handle this whole portfolio and now you open it. You give you're giving away mm-hmm. the keys.
1: Sort of, and I, I think people have good intentions i 'm going to start from the, from the assumption that, that we have good intentions because when i when I see scams happen, just so you know they usually come from good intentions gone way wrong uh, but let 's just come back to that one thing of, of one person now, in my case uh, i don't i don 't just manage my money by myself. I have a person I bounce things off of uh, someone I worked for for twenty years. I have a lot of people I talk to. But I'm also highly skilled, so I can operate at a CFO level a little differently. Um, in your case, Connor, for example, uh, I won't—I won't be your broker and I won't be your custodian. Why do I refuse to do that?
4: There's uh, there's a gap.
1: There, I would create a gap. Well, there are two reasons. I also want you to learn about it too, right? Because the more you know about it, are you a better CFO of your money? Absolutely. And you are the CFO of your money. Is anybody else the CFO of your money? I wouldn't think so. No. But, you know, if you're going to be a good CFO of your money, you want to have a good coaching staff around you. You want to have good people to delegate to, but you also want to have accountability because you can't watch it 24-7, right? It's not reasonable. You're an entrepreneur off investing in you, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So you don't have time, but if you can set up an accountability matrix so that for example, we have rules in the sorts of things that we buy, we want accountability from our investments too. Right. Mm -hmm. So what do we insist that our, what do we insist our investments do in what we call our core portfolio that we'll need for our career transition?
4: Like you you mentioned before, not only are they paying out their management, their employees, all these things, but us as well as their investors.
1: Yeah. And, and see, that's a moment of truth. That's where the rubber hits the road. The money hits our account. If someone comes to you and says, oh yeah, we had a good quarter. We beat the S and P by, by 2%. You were just telling me Leela, how I was how, telling you yeah, that and, and my comment was, well, did you, did you actually cash it? It's only theoretical. And, 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 and did you have a goal? Did you have rules? I mean, how do I put that in context, that performance? If you just told me I beat an index, Okay that might mean something but I don't know how that advanced my goals. I don't know how that gave me good information as the CFO of my money as to where where I'm going to be based on the
2: plan I have. Can I share a story Mark um, oh, something sure, that's please. more concrete because for, I'm for dominating guys. this. Okay. Much. <laughs> so um I recently right before Mark um decided to start Life Unlock Partners, I, my mom came into some money after my dad died, and we decided to invest with a large institution. I'm not going to name names. No, but it um, is a major. I'll confirm it's a, a major, major institution. institution. And our CFB, our certified um, financial planner, who was also vice president of investments for that firm's uh, private client um, group, wh- we trusted him, and we trusted him alone we really didn't hold him accountable because we also didn't have the tools to know how to hold him accountable. And he there was no accountability matrix. And turns out he was putting my retired mother in extremely aggressive investments. And he had not notified any of us of the fees associated with the investments he was putting her in. So she was paying thousands and thousands of dollars in fees for these mutual funds that she had no business being in. And she lost like a whole bunch of money until like, you know, and we were even telling my mom, you know, she was like, I need to fire him. And I was like, well, he's a nice guy because he presented himself like a trustworthy um, person. And my mom put her foot down. She said, I cannot continue to lose money when I am in retirement. This is the only money that I'm ever going to see in this amount, probably for the rest of my life. I cannot have this one person waste it. Yeah, and tr- I rem- especially I when she's not
4: going to make money. more. Like she's not, she's not in the position to be giving money away like that. And that type of yeah, no. she's, she's had her earnings peak. Mm-hmm. That's
2: true. She and had I- her earnings peak, and like she basically put it this way: "I'm paying this guy fees to lose my money for me."
1: Well, and I, I remember when you showed me what happened, I asked you, why was she in a growth fund? And you, you answered that. She had mentioned the word growth during the interview. And what I didn't understand is how a certified financial planner would think that a 70 year old woman meant put me in high tech <laughs> because that's, she's not going to, she's unlikely to live the time it takes for that high tech to really mature out. It's it's it, yeah. It, it um, and and the way that would have been avoided would have been how? If you had set up rules, if you'd set up goals that have been reviewed, if you'd had if you had at least somebody sitting as a counterpoint to that person to say, Oh, I see you've now got this in your portfolio. Did you mean to have a whole bunch of Chinese high tech in your portfolio? And then you can go back to the broker and say you need to rescind that that transaction. You know, it's... but
2: also we weren't we didn't have the tools or the education. Like right. I've learned so much from doing these podcasts with you, that I was able to tell mom, Hey, you made a good decision firing these guys. And now she's with another broker dealer. And I'm giving them instructions on how to manage her portfolio based on Mark's rules, and what we've learned, and he's reviewing her portfolio. And I mean, it's it's, yeah, you gotta have the tools.
1: Yeah, that by the way, that CA three crashed on Friday. Um, it's an AI stock that I found, I was doing a review of every security that's in everybody's portfolio and that thing came up and, uh, ouch, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, I, I don't, I don't know how you make the decision now because, uh, if you have, if you're sitting on a loser like that and it's, I think it's cracked in half. You know, it's, it's very hard to make half back at that point. I think you just have to look at the story a little closer, see if there is a bump. You know, sometimes you get a bump recovery and get out on that and into something better. Uh, but yeah, that's, it's just, it's, it's, it's just highly inappropriate stuff. Uh, let me ask you, Adley, do you have any rules for your investment portfolio that you, that you've laid down that you want people to enforce and take care of
3: you? Well, I think as athletes, we're, we're kind of in a unique position, uh, similarly to where most of the money we make in our life is in a ten-year span, so kind of we're we're in that position where uh, when we get a large amount of money and whether or not we make more after that is uh, kind of up in the air, just depending on uh, guys' different life goals. Uh, for me, it's it's one of those things of uh, kind of that safety net and uh, security. So anything that I do uh, with my personal money, I just want to make sure that. Um, you know, as, as much as I can, I'm setting up for 20, 30 years down the road. And I honestly, now at this point, I'm, um, I'm kind of in a unique situation. Uh, but I'm just kind of like planning out like, okay, how much can I afford to spend on a year to year basis? Um, the growth in, in my investments in mutual funds, um, in stocks, I have a house and um, that, you know, it, it doesn't need to be that aggressive. It doesn't need to, you know, go, it it doesn't need to get above. I I don't need to be shooting for above 10% a year. Um, I can live, you know, just above interest rates and, you know, five, 6% ideally. Um, and so for me, that's kind of where I'm just more in like the safety security mode, check my spending habits, seeing where those are at and just trying to make sure that, um, I'm living within a, a certain lifestyle and range. It sounds very
1: sensible. There was something that you said that uh, I connect to very strongly. Two things, really. One is uh, a, a professional athlete has about a ten-year lifespan. You know, for entrepreneurs, we have about the same thing with each of our projects. Uh, most VCs want out within seven years, so that, that's our chance to make our money. Uh, and we don't know that we have something after it. Uh, so I, I, completely understand what you're talking about. The one thing that struck me as a little, a little weird is if you know, you probably need to make a change in 10 years, why are you managing toward 20 or 30?
3: It's a good question. Um, just because of the uncertainty of, I don't know what I'm going to be doing after baseball. Um, I have <coughs> even to, even in yeah, a year, even you tomorrow, know? like, um, you know, ideally after baseball, I'm, you know, I, I get a job i don't see myself as someone who's just gonna be content you know retiring after baseball is over but um i'm so my my signing bonus was like a a decent amount yeah it's
1: it's pretty public and just so you know we think retirement is 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 something that the teams like to use I, my dad's in his eighties. He's not retired. I'm yeah. in my sixties. I'm never, we're never going to retire. We're always going to remain productive human beings. Kind of your nature. If you're willing to go do that, if you're willing to do this with your life and bet it, you're not going to be content to just watch games and drink beer after this. Right. You're going to go uh, do yeah. stuff.
3: We're, we're energetic guys. You know, we're baseball Yeah, fans, right? We're uh, always going to uh, be uh, doing uh, something. Yeah. And
1: so, some of us are energetic who weren't baseball players either as Connor could tell you, I'm always doing something. I, I, I'm the CFO of at least three companies plus doing life unlock partners. And that's just cause I'm slowing down a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so when you talk about what you want to do in 10 years, um, have you ever, have you ever looked at Alex Rodriguez's story?
4: His uh like his, Finan- like his investment his story or investment? Story. yeah yeah his no not
1: really story. I, I'm not going to comment on on, on how wasn't it real estate yeah but what he did that was so cool is he built his portfolio so that by the time he left the game his salary which was among the highest at the time was completely replaced by the income from his investment portfolio and that's kind of the goal we're setting up which is see you don't know when have you seen the movie Jaws. Mm-hmm. Oh, Adley, have you seen it? Yeah. <laughs> so do you notice that they don't show you Bruce the shark for the first hour. He's just out there. You know he's out there. You don't know when you're going to see him. And that's kind of the way our careers are in entrepreneurship and in sports. That day when we're not going to be able to do it again, it's out there. We don't know when it's going to happen. But if we manage toward that day and review it each year, I think that's where you have your best chance that in 10 years or if it turned out to be 8 or 15, you're looking at and going, I know I'm prepared for this. Because I wasn't on a twenty or thirty-year timeline for it, does that land?
4: When you say managed, you mean target the stocks that are safe in the sense that they're not falling off the planet or dropping off. You're still competing with the S and P, but at the same time as you're also sure, you're, like
1: yeah, like you're getting like, well, profit sharing. That, yeah, like Adley said, that six percent. Uh, the portfolios I build right now are in the six and a half percent range, uh, with growth. Uh, uh, and I watch it very right. carefully because to me, that that's sort of the reasonable risk return sweet spot for get, getting cash in your pocket. And by that five or six, Adley, I hope you're getting that as five or six percent that's cashed in, not just five or six percent growth. Because I'm getting, well, last year I got quite a bit of growth, but you can't count on that from year to year. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just the way it works. So when you said that five to six, are you actually getting paid that?
3: Um, well, actually, I don't know. Um, I will have to. I'll have to check back in with you on that it, it's worth right. looking
1: at it that that's yeah. kind of what we do is we're the accountability side of that we set up systems so that if you give us data authorization i don't mean you specifically i'm not pitching you i just mean the generic you um we look at it <laughs> and we and we have an app that we create that lets you see it too so that if anything looks wrong a dividend we were expecting doesn't come through or something starts to fall off a cliff we're on top of
2: it so mark let's make do? sure that adley knows what dividends are or you know maybe this I you do okay I got that sense from him earlier you went to college okay and he's, and he's a business major <laughs>
1: yeah
2: okay because I tried to explain this to a High few School people kid. and they're like what's a dividend what yeah, is that? no I, I no. Get it. and
1: that's why that's why I like to call it profit sharing because we can all relate to the words profit sharing uh but just just uh just from me to you adley i I would say look at whether what how much you're banking how much of it's actually income how much of it is what they call return of capital for mutual funds because they tend to blend the two things uh the one thing i would say about mutual funds that's a good thing is that it's because they haven't limited how much stock they're going to float on it you tend to get the real underlying value of the Combination of stocks in terms of what fees you might be—I don't know—I haven't looked at it. But you know that—that that is a fair way to look at it. Uh, there are other ways to look at it, but I certainly would never criticize your approach. Uh, you know, saying that five or six percent in this market and a target of up to ten—I think it's reasonable. Uh, can you do better? Maybe. Can you do worse? Absolutely. So, so good on you. And uh, thanks for listening to this topic: accountability and happiness.
0: Thanks for listening. Before we go, here's a reminder. You have 30 minutes a month of one-on-one consulting to discuss your specific situation with us. We recommend you take advantage of that.